What is up, everyone? We are live. As you might notice, there's only two of us tonight, and that is with intent. Josh is actually grounded. Last mm. week, he said some off-kilter things about his opinions around where Pechu is going to land, and we like to bring you factual information. And since Josh didn't bring you any facts, we grounded him for a week. So this week, you just have Paige and, as always, the absolute worst cody but this is gonna be a fun one it might not be as long but we really want to engage with you guys we're gonna talk a little bit of shit we're gonna talk about discs and just kind of hang out but in order to hang out we also want to answer some of your questions and see how y'all have been so it's gonna be kind of laid back a little bit lighter of a conversation today um right now we're diving into the conversation around 10 speeds and exactly like what the hell is our problem like are you a fairway? Are you a driver? Are you just going through an identity crisis and you're going to find your way to my bag? And so that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, Cardi was talking about how he kind of enjoys Valkyrie, which I think started out as a 10 speed, but since it's been reduced to a nine speed, I can also be wrong on the current numbers, but they did start out as a 10 speed. I do remember it that. It did? Yeah. It's a nine four minus two two now. Okay, so I did not know. I did not know it started out as a ten speed. Yeah, I believe so. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is where a chat. You know, you do your thing. Where, but... where are y'all? No, they're there. Someone's saying the Coxie is best, and that's where, like, I think we we're talking about how, like, I can envision like a Coxie being good. You know, sometimes I grab my MD three and be like, if I could just throw it twenty feet further, that's where like I envision that like you know Coxie being. Additionally, like I feel like sometimes I grab my FD and wish I can throw it 20 feet shorter. So it's always that weird little like gap. So I can see I can see that, but I don't find myself um thinking I can throw like my driver a hundred feet shorter or you know, like it's weird. Like I don't know, ten speeds to me don't well, make sense. We should talk about what brought it up is I had a construct. I I ended up getting like two this week, one from Larry and then this one and it's i don't know what what to do with it so far i've only thrown it one time and it's like i feel like i would just throw my wraith instead i would either go from like a thunderbird to my wraith like i don't know where to put this in especially now that i'm bagging just a rufus so my disc selection is even lower like i guess if i was carrying like a cart and i had 30 disc sure i i would find a spot for it but as of right now i don't know but even then, I feel like you'd have a hard yeah. time figuring out where to, like, throw it. Because, you know, even if you had 30 discs and you can carry, you know, all of your favorite rates, all of your favorite constructs and Thunderbirds. Like, for me, it's just that overlap. Because if you want a Thunderbird, you'll throw a Thunderbird. If you want to throw a Wraith, you'll throw your Wraith. And maybe this is one of those people where, like, you're looking for, like, those purists where like animus might have been a little bit more stable so they're going down to like the construct where it's a little bit flippier and doesn't necessarily go as far because i also don't think tsa really has like that like we talk about like cd2s we talk about sidewinders valkyries we talk about even undertakers for example pds thunderbirds like i just don't know if they necessarily have that so that could be why there's a lot of big hype because finally tsa uh brand that you know, a lot of fans enjoy has their own shapeable, moldable fairway driver. Now, I will say I threw the Animus, but I don't, I'm not very good at naming the plastics. All I know is 
this one seemed more stable than even the like star-like animus it was like star swirly is it nebula uh nebula is a swirls so it's like yeah, it was aura like well, maybe that's was... ethereal right that's ethereal where's josh he's the it should, well player. it should say it on it right well no this one is is it ethereal maybe yeah that's what i said ethereal e ethos 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 so this one is like stiff i mean it feels good but i uh, i felt like the animus i've thrown and that was a while ago like did not it flew pretty similar honestly so i don't know if that was a flippier plastic and this is more stable mm -hmm. um josh is supposed to be sending me one but he's like probably grounded i think so. i think tsa's breakdown has been the glow is traditionally more overstable and then underneath that is like their c line and then underneath that is like the, I think the swirly S line. And then I think the S line is being their straightest. Uh, well, that's pretty similar to like uh, Innova, right? Innova is pretty similar glow across the board. Or the most overstable and then like star G -star. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say glow for Innova is the most overstable though. Because Well, it depends. Like I feel like they're old stuff. But then like even think of Infinite. Some mm -hmm. of their like their glow sphinx. Oh man, that thing was flippy yeah exactly oh, so i don't know i think mvp since they make their plastic i think they're notoriously known for like more overstable in their glow plastic and it feels really nice like i have like this and i what is that what is it the glow pathfinders i've never thrown one yet i don't even know what a, is a pathfinder like an overstable mid like a md3 um and to be honest i'd have i compare this closest to the trust Okay. Do you bag that right now or no? I mean, it's it still back on the shelf. <laughs> your your homemade shelf, which I will say, look very nice. Yeah, I mean, they do their job right now. Ties the room together. Yeah, exactly. You guys get a little. Even a weird disc. So I've had this for a while. It's a shout out to Jory. Jory fly um, Yeah, baby. And I threw. So this is Castaplast K1 Soft, which is like one of my favorite plastics. I bag a K1 Soft Berg, and um and i love how this flies it does not fly like a 6502 it flies more like a 6501 so like i was able to trust it with a little bit of like i could really grip into it and it didn't burn on me but it didn't like fly and fade hard it it was pretty neutral like you said maybe a longer md3 yeah and it feels i mean look at that man mm. <laughs> Uh, nah. Speaking of, like, you know, I love that soft stuff. Where are them soft marbles at, man? Soft marbles are coming out. You see, uh, Derek did his post. I think the 12th is yeah, coming. I, I don't want to wait. I want one. I was, <laughs> I've been asking for these for months. Yeah. No, I'm actually super pumped for them. Like, I was having a putting clinic when I was playing in the snow last week. And every time I hit chains, it just felt like my, because I put with stiffs, it just felt like Ooh. my stiff, like, putters were Ooh. just like, wanted to break so i was like well about time i like settle in on some soft putters and i'm definitely excited for them i think uh people forget that discs kind of change in the in the cold and being able to kind of like i think people get into the point where it's like oh i play late at night so let me get glow but they forget to like update their bags and their putters i saw somebody with a a broken disc and it's like oh yeah that's that's this time of that year thing. now what what has been your biggest change for like your winter bag like what do you do you make a is it a substantial change you have like i know a couple guys like aaron gray has like a winter bag he carries it smaller i think it's more flexible plastic do you change up your bag big time or no 
yeah actually because my winter is more of my off season um and so with it being my off season i obviously have my staples that are forever going to be in my bag at this point like you know my maxis driver is still a destroyer um but this is where i get more exploratory and what i'm gonna bag maybe looking at 2023 so this is where like i'll put um you know i'm trying to think about what disc i just put in there I'll have like you know that Pathfinder for example. I might grab that and throw it in. Even my... though it's glow. Oh yeah. You got to like... be stiffer or no? Oh, it'd be it'd be stiffer, but I feel like glow because of the additive or whatever is usually like a little bit softer. It's not so stiff like sea line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's been pretty traditional for most glows in general. But like for me in general, like I'm just gonna try discs out and then narrow my bag down. So I might start my off season with like 40 discs, and then by the time January hits. I'm hoping to have like that 25 to 30 sweet spot. Um, also knowing like 20 of my discs are probably already there at the beginning <laughs> of my my exploratory. But I think the big thing that I change is like, I'll take out some of my FD3s. So like, I really enjoyed the Metal Flake FD3 um, release of Dismania did this year, but I might take that out because it's a little bit stiffer and it's not something that I'm kind of being like attuned to especially when i rip with good timing good snap i feel like i'm throwing like glass or something and it just like hurts my hand and so soft to plastic so i'll throw a doom bird 2 in my bag over that because it's a swirly plastic and it's a little bit more comfortable i'm switching out my putters um but i feel like i don't throw as much sea line anymore so my bag doesn't switch as much right now just just fly slower and they don't go as far so i have to make the mental adjustment I was going to say, I know a lot of guys switch to a little less stable stuff because you're not able to get that full rip. So like your FD2 or your less stable FD3 will fly in the winter. You're not going to get the glide, but you're still going to get that over stability by switching up to something a little bit slower, a little bit flippier. So yeah, like uh, that's why, um, is it Cax or Cox? What do you, how do you say this? Anyone know? I'd say it? cocks because it's supposed to be like a rooster, right? Or a chicken. I don't. So it's like bacocks. Oh, but so it's bacocks. <laughs> okay, sweet. Uh, I didn't know the Swedish people talk like that, but all right. That's how they talk, right? Culture, I mean... culture people. Exactly. But like, I, I picked this up and I was like, well, you know, I kind of want to give this a try right now. Like my fair, like my slightly overstable is my that reactor, that Huck reactor. I still got my bag. I love it. Um, but I thought like, I'll try this. It's not as flat. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to forehand it, but it feels so good. And I thought like, I'm not going to be able to get as much on it. Um, and then the other one I picked up was a Svee, Svee. This one's not as, this not K1 soft, but heck man, look at that. Yeah. But I feel like that's going to be almost like a mind bender. And I don't know if I need that. That's going to be flippier than that. Well, yeah, it's five, six, minus one, zero, but... It's more like, I think the Svea is more like the Origins. It's more like uh, the Paradoxes. That flippy? I think so, personally, yeah. It's one of those discs, like, I'll watch um, somebody throw, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I just need this to go right, so I'm going to throw it with all the highs I can put on it and watch it kind of just drift. Man, I didn't know it was... I, like, I only, I think I threw it in my backyard once or twice, and I can I can only throw it's like 250 feet, so I can't, like, really... Oh man, this is big it. backyard over here. You hear that, guys? The 250 foot backyard, and he's bitching. Hey, you've seen my videos. <laughs> uh, we bought this house for this yard. <laughs> I mean, I didn't don't... know your videos were at your house, though. I thought your videos yeah. like at a park or something. Oh man, um, 
like most of the ones eh, i don't know depends i do both but i have that it's like a downward slope and when it's fall like i have some trees i can throw between not like alex i mean he's got that whole like yeah he has like wooded yeah it's actually like oh yeah i walked out to 160 feet and watched me throw this through these trees like that's wild to see (laughs) and i just got a basket so like i can throw from the road in front of my house because it's a little cul-de-sac no one's ever on it and i Mm -hmm. put a basket down near the kids play place so i just throw it on there i throw much better here than on any course I, mean, I think that's a possibility. I I notice a lot, like when I travel, that I'll realize that it's a new basket, even though I put it on them. It's new familiarity and that little bit of confidence that you carry onto your home course or something goes away. So now all of a sudden you're not fully like running your putts. You're like, oh, I'm worried about a comeback. I'm worried because I feel like whenever you explore your course, like you've explored all of your comeback putts, right? I feel like you step on hole one and you've thrown all of them. You probably have had your full 360 design of the basket and you're not worried about those comebacks because it's all like for me, I'm a very visual player. So when there's a tree behind the basket, you've already prepared for that. So when I travel to new courses and I've had that time to prepare, I feel like that little bit of hesitation like gets to me. Um, So I can see like your backyard being that same way where it's like, oh, I'm familiar here. It's 250 feet. I'm dialed in. Give me 100 putters and I'm going to hit it 100 times. And then you get it to the course and you're like. 250 feet out and you're like i don't know how to throw this anymore <laughs> don't dude that that might be one of the toughest shots in disc golf that approach that i would say that uh like 150 to 200 100 to maybe 200 and robbie c was talking about that and he made he turned it into a game he took it he's a big pig thrower and he took out like 20 pigs and he had the basket and he made a circle around the basket a bigger circle and it was like if you get in, in the small circle, you get five points. If you get in the bigger circle, you get two points. If you get in the biggest circle, you will get one. And he said all he was sitting there was 250 feet out, 200 feet out, whatever it was, and just throwing. And I really – I like gamification because if you make learning or a skill fun, you're going to probably want to do it. So I thought that was a pretty interesting way to do it. And I don't know if I have – well, I probably do have 20 of certain discs, but – I thought that would be a really good idea to try. I don't know. Uh, I think I think it's a, a great uh, great practice experiment and to test it out and a good game to have. I think yeah. the biggest problem that two like I'd say one twenty five to like two thirty five or two forty five or something. Um, to be honest, probably like two sixty five. But I feel like the reason why that's such a awkward distance for people, I think it just becomes like down to the conversation that nobody talks about it everyone literally how many times have you heard drive for show pup for dough drive for show pup for dough oh let me get you know let me get a second drive let me get a third drive oh let me put this again like but nobody approach ever is like for i don't know i don't know what goes with approach uh, approach for the roach That's, no. <laughs> no 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 but but still like i don't think there's enough people that talk about like hey let's sit here and throw this shot for three or four times or hey then I, I do this every once in a while, but I still don't do it enough where I'm like, hey, do you mind if I throw from your lie real quick? And I'll practice that because it'll be look, it'll look like a fun and tough, difficult shot. So it's like, oh, low ceiling. There's a tree right here that you got to hug before you come around it. So it's like, let me practice this. And I'll do it every once in a while. But I also feel like looking at courses and course design, that's where we talk about championship level courses, right? No. Um how much have you like truly like as course design have a built-in 250 200 foot shot that isn't from a shank 
and I don't think a lot of those have those built in. I think that's where you start to push like par fours um, and started to look at how to navigate those. And then that's where it comes alive. Like I think, where was I? Um, maybe Jonesboro? No, not Jonesboro. Dela maybe? But I was at a pro level course and I realized at the time I had not practiced and still shots enough. And had I not played that course at that time, I might not have ever sat down and decided to practice standstill shots. And then, you know, I spent months learning a standstill shot because I needed to, like, in my mind's eye, I needed to be able to hit that because I realized I didn't have that shot. And I feel like if you're going to a typical, you know, par, what is that, par 56 course where it's just all par threes and Mm -hmm. nothing longer than, like, 350 or 400 feet, how many times are you truly going to practice a 175 foot upshot that isn't a scramble, that isn't off the fairway, that isn't, you know, and I, I just feel like even that aspect of it, you're not practicing it enough because you're like, oh, I'm not in birdie range. Let me just kind of chuck it up there. Well, interesting enough, you talked about that. Um, so my parents have like six acres. It's like kind of in there's open fields. There's some woods. And my father for Christmas last year, he like gave me like my, one of my Christmas presents was this PVC pipe. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks dad. Like, thanks for the pipe. And he goes, no, I'm going to let you put these up as pins around our house. So he gave me free reign. He was like, Hey, um, why don't you create your own disc golf course? So it was actually pretty interesting. Most of the holes are like, I had to make eight pins turn into like 18 holes. So Mm -hmm. I took out, my gps turned on u disc and i walked around and i tried to make different holes and a lot of them were like 200 and some feet and i thought hey this would probably make my game a lot better than if i just made one hole that was 400 feet another hole that's 300 feet so i tried to think of different shot shapes like some of them i'm gonna have to do one of my worst throws is probably a not a turnover but where i'm taking some understable and just let it drift right Normally, I like to, I'm pretty good forehand. I like to take my forehand, something overstable, like a zone reactor and forehand to the right. So mm-hmm. I thought, hey, you know, if I'm going to get better, I got to put a little stress on me. So it was pretty interesting to kind of create my own course, if you will. Um, and he said, you know, as if you use it more, we may be able to upgrade the baskets and stuff like that. But I thought that was a pretty cool gift. And it was pretty interesting to try and really think like, I'm creating this. What do I want? I thought, can I make it easy or do I want to make it challenging? So well, having the ability to kind of like modify it as you go along too, because yeah, like that, like that patent pending. Well, when you decide, oh, now I can patent pend. Well, now let me adjust this and try to figure out a different approach. Um, but yeah, because I mean, that'd be a good question for chat. Guys, if you're here and you're listening, what are some uh, great skills that you guys do when you're practicing like the 150 to 250 foot shots? Um, thankfully, I was uh, really fortunate to the person that got me started into this game. Um, he had that shot. It was a beautiful shot. He'll just sit there and he'll just like float it to the basket, give it a half bid. But he was never bogeying from his up shots and. So for me, like being a visual person, I always have them in my mind's eye. I call it my Corey shot. Uh, the guy's name is Corey Begay. And so I would always be like, oh, time to practice my Corey. Kind of time to practice my Corey. And it took me so long. I still not get at it. And that's what's one of those shots because it's just like a standstill, but not a throw. It's a standstill, kind of like a loft float pace shot where it's just like 150 to 200 where 
you're not trying to like blow past it. You're just trying to like squeeze through some trees. You're not, you know, so because I realized like me playing wooded courses, when I go to backhand like my P3X or my marble, I'll put too much juice because you have to hit the gap, right? In order to hit a gap, you have to like hit it with a certain pace to keep it straight. And then that pace, even though it's like, oh, it gives it a run, airballs the basket. And now I'm like 30 long because I put that little extra pace on and I'm now stressful. So like I needed to start to get to that new lofty style and I've been working on it. Yeah, that's one of like my harder throws. Like I think uh, my home course, like hole 13, it's this tunnel shot up a hill through the woods and it's not very far. It's like 180 ish, 200. And I like to think in my, like, if I go in my backyard, I can throw a Frisbee that far straight. But when I get in there, it's that tunnel. It's probably a eight to 10 foot wide tunnel shot. And I notice that if I ever try and power down, I normally, I feel like I lean back. And when I let go, it just goes up. I need to be able to trust my disc and trust my skill where I can just throw it straight. I know I can do it, but I never can in the moment. So that's, I guess that would be kind of my Corey's shot where I'm trying to straight 200 feet, no drop. So there's a Facebook user where they're mentioning Earth. that they keep uh, multiple approach discs in the bag. And if they don't get to my spot during casual rounds and throw another bird, pig, etc. The bird, and... the bird is great. That's I, I am the bird. I was telling Alex today, the Dillo, I need to try the Dillo a little bit more. I'm back in the armadillo right now. Which um, one? I got a glow one. I got the swirly Laodicinogeny run. Um, it has a halo. But uh, is that more stable, less? Less. You know, it's less. I've done the glow. And the I glow's just, even less stable than a Berg. Yeah, and that's kind of why, like, I like the Dillos over um, the Bergs. To be honest, is because one, one of the reasons I took the Berg out of my bag um, was because I felt like it wasn't making me better. It was rewarding me for being bad. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, in order to get to the basket, you can throw it as hard as you can, know that it's not going to sell, buy it, and you'll be rewarded with a circle one put. And what I realized when we were talking about upshots that that wasn't making me better, it was making me worse, and it's not forcing me to learn my touch. Um, the reason now, after all of this time that I put an armadillo back in, is because the armadillo being a little bit flippier rewards me with angle control and rewards me with like still touching it because it's not as glidey as like a sonic or a glitch uh, but it's not as slow as a berg it's kind of this little sweet spot in between to where yes i can overthrow a basket but also you know if i just throw it how it's meant to be thrown i'll get it right to the basket and it'll sit and so it's really kind of rewarded me with the angle control so that's kind of been my like two caveats when i started to really work on my approach game I think the best thing you do is take your Berg out and learn how to throw a putter 260, 270, all the way down to 100 feet. That's going to help you, I think. And it's like, choose one. And be like, this is the one that I love to throw off the tee. This is going to be my every upshot person. And I still grab my P3X like probably 60% of the time, 70% of the time. And it's been two years at this point where it's kind of just my bread and butter. I would say that's where my kind of tomb is. But my tomb is a lot glidier but I can get it to go laser straight and it does take some touch. Um, but learning that touch, I feel like yeah, is going to interesting outlook on the Berg. Now I didn't know the Dillo was glidier than a Berg. Is that because it's uh, less stable? You can flip it up or what? I think so because you're getting more of that, that, that flight of it and you're hitting the angle 
correctly. Like if you, I think if you throw both of them flat, you're going to see a little bit more play in the the Dillo and eventual like maybe subtle mm-hmm. comeback where that Berg is just going to be. Whoop. <laughs> I'm not as a big fan of the thumb track. Like I like the curve of the Berg more, but I feel like once like people love pigs, I do not. But see, like I backed a Sonic for a little while, and That's I wasn't like grooved, a... right. Yeah, it's grooved in a little dome. And for me, though, Dillo is just like a little bit flatter. I don't mind the thumb track, especially when you're looking at like, oh, if you like a Berg for the invertedness, like a thumb track shouldn't bug you um, as much. Yeah. I liked a little bit more of like, because I throw fan grip. So it's like being able to throw a fan grip um, a little bit more comfortable than the Berg. Also, that helped my touch. Being able to switch to the, like a fan grip yeah, has helped like immensely uh i tuck my pinky on the rim and so it's kind of you, you, like, you do that with putting too don't you? i do i do you it your pinky everything i do like reinforces other things so the reason i throw my fan grip like this is because i putt like this and so it's offered me a comfortable like hand placement rather than being like here where now it's uncomfortable or being like here it's like well i grab a putter this is my putter now do you push it like my pinky touches the rim but i don't like push on it oh i'm not pushing on it no it's just oh so then it's it's pretty similar i guess yeah yeah i like to put a a finger on the front too Mm. (laughs) i've been working on that (laughs) what do you know until you can do the sexton that's what you need oh i can Mm. i used Mm. to (laughs) and then you then you miss the putt Mm. oh absolutely that's one of the reasons why i quit doing it because it's like nothing nothing worse than setting up like sexton coming down Mm. And then air ball. <laughs> if you do that, you might as well just like walk off, leave your disc. <laughs> I played with a guy on Sunday who it was a new course, really wooded. I've never played before. Pretty fun. Um, and he was like, why don't we just play longs? I was like, dude, what are you, what are you doing to me? Played longs and he's played it a bunch. And man, he took one disc and he got like a nine on a hole. It was, it was a par four. But at one point, he just picked up a putter and chucked it in the woods. I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I told you we should have played shorts. But, I know. Yeah, if, you, if you're doing all that stuff and then you set up an air ball, you leave that putter there. That putter is trash. It's no longer yours. I don't know. I really, I really kind of liked it because what it does is you're focusing on the spin. You're focusing on where you're looking at. You're focusing on your breathing. You're not thinking about like, oh, how far am I? Should I run this? Where's my hyzer? How flat? And hyzer? You're not doing your normal, like, you know, tensing up and freezing. What you're doing is you're just getting in a rhythm, you're breathing, and then boop. You should start doing like a haka. Like, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Nah, I'm not. I'm not, like, I'm not Maori. I'm not Islander. Oh, well, I mean, I'm not either. So, I know. Well, but, I mean, now speaking of putting, you just talked about putting like a little hyzer. Do you put perfectly flat or do you do a little hyzer? It depends on how my putting is. I I go from, let me just grab, let me just grab this for now. Like I'll try to like, so I'll line up and I, I put with two putters. So let me do this. So I'll put like, and I kind of use like one kind of like a basketball shot, right? Like you have one as a guiding hand, and so for me, like my left is my guide, a guide, and I'll even put my disc on it, and I kind of like, cause I don't want to choke the chicken. I want to like have be loose. So like I'll line it up here and then it's going to be like, I try to be flat, but sometimes when I'm flat, I'll start to pull it right. 
And when I start doing that, I start to put like a little baby hyzer. And mm-hmm. that helps me, like if I'm pulling it, like Andy, that'll help me from hyzer to pull it to flat. So I try to be as flat as I can. I put a little, I feel like I'm more confident in a little hyzer. Just I think that's bit. a more like comfortable like position. Yeah. To me, like I feel that like this perfectly flat almost feels like uh, unnatural with my wrist. But when I can right here, I don't quite do the Calvin Heimberg where it's like the yeah. peekaboo. But yeah, I like to, depends on if I'm putting well or not. But yeah, I usually try and look at the basket, put a little hyzer on. And I, I can't be the person that thinks like when you, oh gosh, when you were doing the sexton and flipping around, I like mentally cannot do that because like if I think too much of my putt, I overthink. I'm going to go to yeah. the right. I'm going to go. It's pretty much pick up a disc and I got to like oh, think about it. Look at my putt. Boom. But and that's why I would do the sexton was because I'm not thinking like I'm not so thinking, thinking about my putt. You're, you're thinking more of this. I'm just like, because this is like. Hey, let me breathe. Let me breathe. Let me breathe. All right. Focus point. Focus point. Like, I'm not even, like, thinking of anything. I'm just, like, flip, flip, breathe. And these are all things. And then I'm just all of a sudden here. But I, I quit doing it for a reason. Because, um, one, it's embarrassing to miss. Two, I think it makes sense for Sexton. Because he puts, uh, like, a square stance. Where his feet are, like, you know, parallel to each other. Or straddle. straddle. And so, because he puts straddle... It makes sense because he's lining everything up. Sorry, that's not my camera, but he lines everything up. So his whole like chest, his legs, everything's pushed into it where I put uh, my legs apart, one leg forward. So my right leg being forward, if I'm doing like this, all of a sudden my body's being pulled just a little bit more because I'm now putting both hands forward. And that throws, I think, some of that timing and like aim off. See, I, I, I need to stop switching because I feel like I get into a pounding rhythm. And then the other day at school, I had the basket out for one of my stations and I picked it up and I straddle putted 10 in a row and I made all 10. I was like, Oh, do I need to go back to straddle putting? But then I'm like, mm. but I do like that whole, it, cause it was just mechanical here, down, up, let go down. I feel like if I start to twist my body is like, then I'm the same way. Like I'll, I'll start to spin it or start to overcorrect it. We don't do hot takes on here. No, hey, I think that's it. A- I mean, that's pretty much what it is, right? Burke, too good. <laughs> let's quit. Let's quit. Uh, let's quit throwing it. No. I just, like I said, I'm trying to be a better disc golfer all around and being able to, like, li- like be so reliant on one disc isn't my style of play. I need to what be. If you're in- playing a one disc round, though. One disc round, then I'm definitely not grabbing a Berg. What would you grab? It depends on the course. I mean, obviously, like if it's putter only, par three, fifty-six. No hole over three fifty. No hole over three fifty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write down what I think you're gonna take. <laughs> All right. Oh. I'll do mind bender. Oh, I was wrong. I said MD3. <laughs> I thought I think, you claw or something. I thought you would have picked something like that. No, I think right now Mindbender because it's something I can throw 330, 340. So I can get it into like most of those like longer stretches, but it's not overstable enough to where I can still putt with it. That's what I was trying to think about. Like if it's one disc challenge, I have to putt with it. MD3s I think are a little too overstable to where it's like, you know, if you're trying to putt and it just hyzers out, I want something that's similar to my Marvels that are just going to go straight. That's my thought. Hmm. But MD3 is probably my second choice. 
All right, I was almost there. Yeah, the mind yeah. bender. I've I've been using that more than I thought I would. It's, it's like I like how it's just really you put it on a baby hyzer, it stays on a baby hyzer. You put it on Annie, it just kind of. And that's one of those discs like we're talking about uh, reinforcing the angle control. The mind bender is that I know when it's like, oh, I freaking yanked it, I pulled it over, or I rolled my, you know, I rounded. You can just it tells on you, and it's one of those great discs for that. Putters like it normally tells. it used to be like. Throw a putter. This is how you're going to learn, and it's going to get you better. It's like, well, mind bender is just that for me. What if they made a mind bender in like a different plastic? They have the S line, right? That just came out this early. Do you? Huh? Do you have one? Oh, it's not a mind bender. It's the MD1. I don't have one, but yeah, you have one, asshole. Not yet. So I can just rub it in my face. It's my, $45. My, my mystery box should be here tomorrow. So. Oh, did you get one? I got two. Yeah. Oh, I was one of the first people. I don't know. So we can uh we can talk meta plastic mind bender. Ooh, that'd be awesome. Let's talk for a second about mystery box season. Like the reason I pulled the trigger early was because what I believe a good mystery box is, especially from a manufacturer, what's gonna make them good is how good are their stock discs right now. And that's usually how I gauge mystery boxes. And looking back this past year. I really enjoyed Dismania's Metal Flake, you know, runs of anything. I think they the Metal Flake plastic was exactly what their sea line needed, and it took a step forward. And so for me, um, that's that baseline, right? If I get a couple of X outs because they overproduce Metal Flake, I'm not going to be upset at that. If I get a couple sea lines, like I might be a little disappointed, but I'm also still, you know, not going to be too upset because I think their baseline stuff aren't absolute garbage. Um, but you look at other manufacturers, and that's where, like, sometimes, like, I like a Discraft box or something. Like, you know, I would be upset if I got an Avenger SS. I would be really upset in ESP plastic or a Big Z, you know, something. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I would be be happy with those mystery boxes. So for me, that's how I gauge when I pull the trigger on the mystery boxes. Now, after gauging that, seeing all of these unboxings, I think I pulled the right, made the right move. Um, but that's usually I how I do it. Like though. I, I mean the MD3s, right? Aren't or are those supposed to be metal flake? And then the FDs, the no, no, they're C line. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're C line. But even then, like I was, I had it wrong. But that I mean, I'm not trying to say that's just how I that's how I approach it. You know, you look at like MVP. The reason I don't like a MVP mystery box is because there's maybe two or three molds in their entire lineup that I'm looking for, which means the rest of the lineup I'm going to be upset that I get. Well, that's not going to be a good mystery box because you're not going to get, even if you get those two or three discs, there's still going to be a good chunk of discs that you absolutely don't want. Same thing with Latitude or Trilogy. Um, there might be like four or five discs that I like from that. See a little bit more, but it's still not worth pulling the trigger for. Here's my hot take. Well, actually, I bought a Ledgestone box like a month ago and I got 10 discs. It was it was like 90 bucks. And I got 10 10 discs that were premium plastic. My hot take on mystery boxes, if you're going to complain, don't buy one. Even if they send you 10 C-Line MD3s, don't complain because it's a mystery. I like the mystery because I don't know what I'm going to get. It's the anticipation. Hey, am I going to get something really cool? Eh, maybe. Am I going to get a couple active line turds? Eh, maybe. But it's still 10 discs that I don't know what's coming, and one of them, I'm guaranteed at least one cool DD1. Cool. And honestly, you see people selling that stuff for $30 to $40 a pop. If you don't like it, 
sell it, trade it, give it to a kid. I don't understand why people get so frustrated. Like, man, this is the worst box ever. I shouldn't have bought it. Cool. Don't buy anymore. I don't universal. Like I feel like with our influx of new players over the last three years, part of that comes like you've never experienced this market outside of this market. You know what I mean? Like you look at color glow DD threes. Those are, were like 80, hundred dollar discs at one point that kind of simmered down to like 50 to 60 at this still. But when they first came out, not everyone was like, oh, my God, give me this Color Glow DD3. I could pick up a bunch for like 20 to 30 bucks, and I did. Cloudbreaker, you... Claws. Think about stacks of that. I've, I've seen Facebook posts of people sharing a picture. It's like, remember these? And it was like, uh, Claw MD3s, $25.99 chip. Let me know if you want any. And a guy had a stack of them. Nobody wanted them. Yeah. But now everyone wants them. And I think that's just kind of this day and age of where like people came into the market, and that's what they saw. And they were spoiled with the mystery box that had is one X out and Ooh, those are gorgeous. Um, but now they're just like, Oh, I want money in these, the form of boxes. Give me money. And when they don't, and they give you discs, I think that upsets a lot of like newer players. Um, on top you of realizing newer players would be happy with this though, but also like, you know, I think disc golfers should be happy. Yes. It's a Yukon disc or something or active line disc. But it's still a glow majesty or majesty. It's still a new disc and a new plastic. Look at the glow shogun when that came out. New disc, new plastic. Everybody was like, hey, here's something cool. They bought a bunch and then they'd realize that this is like cereal bowls upon cereal bowl, like depth with a bead to rival, I don't know, something. But yeah, it like was them. still new disc, new plastic. And you know, there's a tailor, you know, like, okay, you you know, I'd be excited excited at the active line like rock three or whatever that they're trying to push but it's still a new disc and new plastic and you don't know if it's going to be good or not like that's the whole idea of mystery boxes is is just that there's been like sometimes like only plastic releases in it um our unique stamps or whatever and i think Discmania still does it a little bit better than most like manufacturers but some of those other mystery boxes like you know even like resistance open it's like okay another sea line raptor like disseminated and i feel like they had to get rid of their 4x buzz backstock in order to sell them and it's like well i think you're doing business slightly wrong if you're you're throwing these gems out to sell your boxes um i think you should maybe look at what your plastic is going to be i think ledgestone's the same way where they're oversaturated in the market at this point with all their ledgestone discs that it's not a rare oh, yeah. release anymore when you have 20 ledgestone limited releases a year you know, it quits being unique. And that's where I think this market's at, where it's this oversaturation and people are in a, finally in a position to where they're choosing what they want to buy. They don't have to buy everything anymore. They don't have to keep up with the new drops. Um, they're going to buy what they want to buy. And if you're patient enough, people that didn't buy the mystery box, they saw them. And for a hundred bucks, they can get a DD one. They can get a glow FD. They can get a metal flake md3 they can get a mind bender enigma the vapor enigmas enigma? which was selling for like 50 60 bucks a month yeah. or two ago so all for less than 100 bucks you can you've mixed and matched to 100 dollars, and you're happier with those three discs than the other ten, nine discs me i so enjoy have a disc for 15 bucks yeah Boom. and so like for me like i get excited about like what you're saying earlier the mystery part like yes it's already been spoiled but i'm still like excited about my box showing up tomorrow and being like well what did i get did i get an enigma 
did I get a glow FD? Did I get the MD3s I want? Like, who knows? If not, I know a guy with some. Yeah, I mean, if he sells them to me, come on, Cody. Mm-hmm. Gotta make that I, money, bro. I, I'm trying to give you money. You just don't want to take yeah, that I said money. How much money are you gonna give me? I told you, 150 50% worth of what those discs were sold for. Fifteen dollars a disc. Come on now. Hot take. That's trash. That's not even a hot take. That's just trash. This is trash. <laughs> that's just trash. That's just you being a trash man. You know what? Uh, I'll do a co-host a podcast with you for those discs. How about that? I'll co-host. Wait, wait a second. Did you not cross my face out of our our new uh, <laughs> our new logo? Our new logo. Because you're trying to ask two hundred dollars for you know fifteen dollar discs. That's just. Oh, I told you two sixty nine because gas fees. I don't even know what other things I made up and tried to force on you. No, hey, no, no. Someone's bad mouthing the disc disc mania guarantee. Page is selling it himself. Oh, I don't know if it's a disc mania guarantee because it's still a gamble. I've had disc mania boxes that I were not happy about, and I think mm. that's like a lot of people. It's a gamble, like, exactly. But you gambled. You went uh, if even if they gave me. 10 methods i would i would have been like well but guess what i was the one that said i'm gonna buy a mystery but then you look at the methods for example right when they released every box came with a method but it was like the first time that they had the vapor methods and people were excited about those for a time now they're not because they did a main main release but for that time that little bit of period people actually threw a method i threw one for a while on neo i think they're good they kind of remind me of that wars though they just they just beat in a little too fast and get a little less glidey, a little straighter. I have a yeah, guy. They were that was so, all they were. Yeah, exactly. But they had a bead. They had a bead. Did MD4s have a bead? I, I can't remember. No, last MD4s don't have a bead. Maybe a micro bead, but no, they don't. Micro. A micro hmm. peen. Did you say micro bead or micro peen? Whatever you, whatever you imagine. Don't project on me, Cody. Anyone in the comments? What did you hear? I think I heard that. I'm not projecting. I'm just telling you what I heard. No, no, don't you project on me. Mm. All right. So what's the one disc out of the mystery box you want? If you if they said you can pick one mystery box disc, what would you pick? Not counting the DD one? Yeah, not counting the I do want to try that, but oh I think we're, yeah. I think I mean that that's the mainstay, right? I think for me, I'm most excited about that glow FD. Um like mm-hmm. everybody else i just think you know just trying to see how it rivals how it compares and you know if they change like i'm curious if they change their glow their glow plastic makeup from the is3 to that you know i know well, the, go on well i know the is3 was uh you know an, an attempt at something i don't know if it was their finalized product and i don't think it was are their plan to be finalized for all the glow plastics so with the glow fd i'm kind of curious if they're going to toy around to try to find that special blend. Now, what do you think? Because per- remember Perkins said there will be no more color glow FDs. I mean, that's one of those, like, you can go back and be like, oh, well, I just made Innova made. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. I think because I remember that stuff. created like a big hype with the NS3 people, like gobbling oh. them up. Because they're like, no more color glow F- FDs. Like, I, well, I think it, too, he was like, this would be the last like night, night strike drug. you know like glow after because people are like oh well that means like there could be a night strike four that's just normal glow not colored glow and i just think it was like the whole last like night strike three on a color glow fd um he's obviously got his second release of the the essence and so he has a mm. meta 
you know so it's like maybe the color glow fd with the night strike 4 isn't going to come out i know we had all year hype of M- our ns4 only to be suckered for um a meta essence 2 and so it's like are the zen 2 so that was kind of disappointing and i know there's a lot of people that are out there are probably distraught broken down you know burning their night strike ones and uh retaliation because we didn't get a night strike 4 but That's dumb. yeah i mean people got money to burn so might as well burn it I mean, I wouldn't. I've never had an NS one. I tried I to give you one. You didn't want it. What? I tried to give you one. You didn't it want was it. Inked. I don't want that. Malarkums. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that was somebody else. Someone was talking about in the lounge today about NS ones, and I thought there's got to be a cheaper disc that flies very similar. There's got to be. That's but a tough one. That's my hot take. I don't like expensive disc. That's not even a hot take. It's just my take. Look, Ink people are laughing sucked. at you, Cody. Who? All I see is squares. That's all it shows on my screen. Square, oh. square, square. Well, get a better laptop. It's not a laptop. It's a desktop. It's this program. It just Most... shows squares. What am I need? What? What is it? It's I tried to emojis. What? I tried to what? Sell you a night strike wood. <laughs> see now that one says I tried to question marks. What? That's what not question marks. It's a guy with like this. Now can you really not see the emojis? No, I can't. God, you're just. Your desktop is probably like a, I don't even know, iMac or something. iMac? What? <laughs> no, man. Little Are Apple computer with like the little orange shit. Are you talking about the old Apple? Oh, dude. <laughs> trade you NS1. What does that mean? What's he going to trade me an NS1 for? What do you got? He has an NS1. Is what you, do you have, Cody? God. Uh, I have learn, like to, learn, learn to interact with our fans. Quit no. like, what are you going to trade me? What are you going to trade me? Like, no, he just offered you an NS1. And you're just freaking aggro on him. <laughs> hey, you know me. I'm a very angry human. <laughs> very. I feel bad for our kids. <laughs> what a teacher. Hey, I tell kids all the time, I'll fight you in this hallway. I don't care if the principal sees them. Fight you. Dude, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just more yeah. like the, let's play dodgeball. Well, who has a dodgeball? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Right now we're playing as I'm getting observed tomorrow because I'm it's on my rotation. We're playing snowball fight. It's during the winter, so you call it dodgeball snowball fight, and you just throw things at kids. That's all I gotta do. That's all you gotta we're do. Snowball fight, kids. All right, yeah, hit kids. There's well, nothing wrong with throwing things at children. 100%. We're interacting with chat right now, Cody. So shut up. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, I'm interacting with them. What a t- someone said, what a teacher. I'm telling you what I teach. We're moving I on to the next God, one, brother. We got a Lorenzo Lorenzo Amaya in Lorenzo the house. Von Matterhorn. <laughs> you can't we even got... say people's names right. If Manny's in here, just butcher it. Manuel. Manny <laughs> oh, no, you've you've lost privileges. I know. Sure, Who's gonna trade me an NS1? What you got? We're, we're we're on to Lorenzo right now. He needs some attention. Maybe Lorenzo's trading me an NS one. I just want to feel one. I know this is where, like, we can't. Like, you guys see the Facebook user? That's all we see. We don't see names. Yeah, that's Facebook user. I can't even see emojis on my computer. Yeah, he got viruses from too much porn. No, <laughs> don't project that on me. 100% I'm not projecting. I, I can see the emojis. You I'll can't. So clearly, <laughs> you have the virus. Better. Facebook user wants to take an NS1. Is he taking your S1 or is he taking somebody else's NS1? Oh, I'm begging an NS1 again. They're right. Oop. These are some of my NS1s. I also have some NS1s. Do right you got any without about... ink? Yeah, of course I do. I just want to throw one. I'll throw it. I'll throw it and I'll send it back to you. Okay. 
We'll do the try. That's what I do with uh, Alex. Try before you buy. Just send him a bunch of stuff. Well, I don't know about the try before you buy. No, I mean, try before I take. Hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can trust you. You are absolutely the worst. worst but I don't lose disc because I don't throw expensive disc. Jesus, our Lord and Savior has an NS1. I knew he's a disc maniac. Wait, is it Jesus or is it Jesus? We no, still... it's Jesus. Yeah, he's Jesus. No, Jesus with the NS1 for trade. Like, our Lord and Savior is a Night Strike 1 thrower. Nate Perkins. Mm, no. <laughs> I don't think he would throw a Night Strike 1. Jesus? Well, I think he can afford it. You know like what? No, no. If Jesus is bagging a Night Strike, he's throwing the Night Strike 4. That's how pretentious he, has he a is. Night Strike 4. He has a Night Strike 4. He's just like, yeah, this isn't released yet. When's it going to be released? <laughs> Never. Never. It's mine. <laughs> that's what Jesus is throwing, the Night Strike 4. I like how that's the topic we've stumbled upon. What What is Jesus bagging? Uh, right? Night Strike 4s? Meta verdicts? <laughs> I don't know. What would Jesus... He definitely put with Marvels because he's marvelous. What? <laughs> Wine-colored Marvels. Shameless plug. No, Birdie they, disc golf. They would be white, and when they hit chains, they turn to they put turn <laughs> exactly to miracle. I feel like that's sacrilegious. I'm done talking about that. Jesus, he, he can play from all out of bounds. His water oh, shots again. He can like he can play off the water because he just walks onto it. And just psh, here's my I lie. Mean, Lat 64 is good. I like Lat Lat 64. Yeah, I mean a grace, a first run grace. Mm. Do you ever bag a grace page? I I'm trying one out so. With the DD1s coming out, this is how I work, right? Like, I grab, like, three or four different raids. I've grabbed uh, Graces, both the Overstable and the Flippy ones. Um, I'm just comparing them. And then I'm going to throw the DD1 in and see which one I like the best and bag that. The Halo Wraith, though, right now with the Cody face, that is starting to get a lot of work at this point. You're it's, welcome. It's my new max distance forehand. It's my, oh, I don't care if I lose this disc. No, I'm kidding. I lo I love that thing. Do you I think this you need to get um I'm trying to think what other what other face I can send you. No, no. Because this face wasn't intentional. You ruined the fun of it the moment it becomes intentional. The fact that you so, didn't want me to screenshot that face and keep it. I think our giveaway next week, this is what we're gonna do. All right, guys. Oh. Our giveaway is gonna be to edit Cody's face, and whoever has the most unique one that I am gonna slap on a disc. We'll get a disc <laughs> with that die on it, and I'm gonna have one. So we'll be have matching discs. But can I get that's... one? No, fuck you. I can't throw <laughs> my own face. No, you can't. That's very pretentious. Like, hey, look, guys, this is me. Watch me throw me. Yeah, like, no. Then, then my giveaway is gonna be who I'm just gonna make your dumb face, and I'm gonna get a die. That's Let's fine. See, we get Josh's. <laughs> Who's gonna get Josh's dumb face? So. I'll I'll do that post. We'll also do wrap up or giveaway from this week. I think we're giving away um, a Wombat Three with the Garrett Gerthy BSF stamp, and Gerthy. this is bottom stamps, right? Because we all about that bottom. Um, <laughs> European Open mutant. So we're gonna wrap this giveaway up. If you guys don't know about our giveaway, we're doing fifty-two weeks of giveaways over on our Facebook page, which is Jammers in the Rough. You can just type it into the their search algorithm. Go go check us out a like. We're trying to grow our Facebook page a little bit more, but we're doing 52 weeks of giveaways for you all. But next week, we're going to do one where we're going to modify Cody's face. 
So it's just wrong. It's just let's, wrong. Let's move to closing thoughts, Cody. What are some of your closing thoughts? I knew I was going to get picked first because it's just me and you. Yeah, I mean, I have to close this out. You don't do shit besides sit here. And yet you wanted me on here. I didn't want you. You were just an admin of the group we were trying to get into. So we kind of just oh, used you. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. There's, I will go through the Facebook post. The very first one was just me and you, buddy boy. It was. I remember that. And then how did Josh get in? Uh, he was in a part of a group that we wanted to get <laughs> access to. You no, were power hungry. I think Josh that. was always a part of it. It was always us three. We were always talking about it. Me and you the first time. Nope, Josh was there. He's our yeah. tech guy. Yeah, he's our tech guy. So I do a lot of the promotional side. Josh does a lot of the tech, and Cody doesn't do shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested great. in being a co-host or a guest, shoot me a PM. My you name literally is just have to be a living body. They would exactly. take anybody. Yep. Anybody. <laughs> Closing thoughts. Well, I'm I'm shocked that we have rambled on for 55 minutes. Just I know. I thought it was going to be short. I thought it was going to be yeah. a short one, but. And then we, we just hit that on. groove, and I don't know what we, I don't. We talked about random stuff. Um, mystery boxes. Here's my take. Another take? Buy you already one. went over your take. No, just buy one. Try one. There, they you can get them now for like what 80 bucks with that 20% off coupon. Buy one. You get 10 disc, nine disc, buy one. And th- then don't complain about it. Don't just don't do it. Also, get a disc with someone's face on it. It, pr- it from what Paige said, they fly better. Someone's yeah. face makes your disc fly better. Other than that, I have nothing to say. I'm getting a I have my observation tomorrow. I'm tired. Uh, Paige has just been rambling on about how many night strikes he has and how many he won't give to anyone else. He won't tell me how much he wants to pay for my disc. It's just terrible. What is that? Is that an iPod? Oh, I thought. Get your friend's face on a disc. Oh, there's a text. One second. I was shirtless. I was shirtless. I was just sweaty. I was on my bike. And so this can be where we shout out one of our sponsors, Black Vinyl Discs. Mike Kemp, if you guys know him, he is everywhere and does amazing dyes. So I sent him this lovely picture, and Mike Kemp slapped it on a disc for me. Guys, go check him out. He's doing amazing work. Um, So that's who I can be mad at? Mike Kemp? Mike Kemp is who did me dirty? I don't think Manny, Manny wouldn't do that to me. Manny, if you're on here. We need to make Paige's face on something. <laughs> so, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure tonight. I think some of my closing thoughts are learn angle control and learn touch shots. I think we talked about that in depth, and I think that's one of the most important shots and also one of the most neglected shots in disc golf. Um, learning how to throw an upshot. Get away from your berg. At least give it, like, you know, give it two or three weeks without a berg and see if your game has gotten better or worse. And if it's gotten worse, evaluate that. If it's gotten better, evaluate that. Ultimately, you'll come to the same conclusion that I did, and that is to get away from the Berg. Especially when the disc golf circle jerk jerk over the Berg. You don't want to follow that line. With that, guys, I'm just giving you shit. Throw what you want. I'm not picky. We want to thank our sponsors, Rare Air Discs, Terminal Velocity, Black Vinyl Discs for your face dyes. We got... Who's the other two? So our Dark Ace Army. Dark Ace. And then CH 
CH Sports, it's in the house. He I'm needs, trying to he needs to get like a little video file, like is in the game or like yeah. in the house. Or CH Sports, it's in the game. That's, that's, that's Smack game. Sorry, I missed you guys. Who is that? Who missed us? That's I mean, we Manny. missed you too. I don't know who you are. Is it Manny? Is it is it Josh? Who is it? <laughs> I don't know. It's a Facebook user, and they missed us. So with that, guys, absolute pleasure. As always, keep jamming it in the rough, guys. We'll see you next week.